Welcome to Living Wisely, Living Well, timeless wisdom to enrich every day with Asha Nayaswamy, one of the spiritual directors of Ananda Palo Alto and a founding member of Ananda Worldwide. If you enjoy this content and are inspired by the teachings of Paramahansa Yogananda and his disciple Swami Kriyananda, find Asha on YouTube, Facebook, all podcast directories, and her website, ashajoy.org. Living Wisely, Living Well, January 11. Listen to the subtle undertones in your voice. Ask yourself why people's voices express so much variety. The mechanism of speech never changes. One might expect its tones to be as alike as trumpets. Yet each voice has intonations that are uniquely its own. An American once at the airport in Patna, India, recognized me solely by my voice. He hadn't seen me for 15 years when I'd been a teenager in high school. He had no idea I was even in India. Listen, therefore, to your own voice. Try to expunge from it any qualities you don't like. Sweeten it with kindness. Brighten it with interest. Soften it by heartfelt respect for others. Warm it with consideration for their needs. You know, one of the modern um, security measures that people use is voice print. They use iris, iris scan and voice print, but voice print is one of the infallible ways that uh, security can be maintained because nobody's voice is like anybody else's voice. What has begun to diminish that is the way that you can manipulate recordings now in order to, um, you know, have the pretense of someone's voice when that person isn't actually there speaking. Whenever there's an advance in technology, there's also an advance in, in creative hacking. It's just sort of the way it works. It's that the one side does some good work and the other side tries to figure out how to break into it. And This is the age of light and shadow that we work with. And we all know that people's voices are so distinctive. My friend um, called her relatives in another country, and she hadn't talked to them for a talk. She hadn't talked to them. She corresponded with them. She hadn't talked to them for like five years, and all she said was "hello." And immediately, her aunt knew exactly who was on the phone and began to call her name with a great deal of emotion. You can even sometimes recognize people even by the sound of their breath just because even the inhalation, anything that involves the inhalation and the exhalation, which is the life force. Of course, um, uh, voice is more than that. I had a friend, though, I have a friend, but at the time she was inclined toward moods. And uh, I used to, we used to walk over to work together at Ananda Village every day. And I could tell by the sound of her breath what her mood was. Of course, breath, you know, is related to your state of mind. And I would see, hear a certain kind of <clears throat> kind of long sigh, and I knew immediately that she was struggling with some kind of a mood. And you hear it in people's voices. They sound sad or happy or elated or, or discouraged. All of those things are there. But the most interesting characteristic is what Swami is talking about, because voice betrays consciousness. In fact, um, Swami Vivekananda said, you can tell a person's consciousness entirely from the sound of their voice. So if, if we think of, of any of those things are true, it, it can, the starting exercise can be to listen to other people's voices. 
You might not yet be able to hear your own comfortably or hear it objectively, but when you hear voices around you without listening to the content and without imposing upon it your own ideas if you happen to know them, sometimes it's more fun listening to strangers, what would cause a person to talk that way? And just hearing the cadence, like if it was a melody or a song, what, what kind of a song would it be? Would it be the blues? Would it be a long complaining song about how the world is no darn good? Would it be a, 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 an adventurous song? <clears throat> a troubadour going through the country with a lot of courage? You know, would it be a whiner? Like, what is it? Sometimes I hear intonations that are so interesting to me that in the privacy of my own dwelling, I'll try to imitate it. See what I have to do with my mouth in order to talk like that. What do I have to do with my throat? What does, what does having that tone of voice, or people sometimes who, who every sentence ends with a question mark, you know, it's always, even though it's a statement, it's always a question mark. Um, and high notes, low notes. Swami Kriyananda gave advice to someone once, and it was, speak in a lower register because the fact that that person's voice was always in a higher register was a sign of a certain cerebral tension rather than a relaxation in the heart. Listen to how your own voice talks, uh, sounds according to your own state of mind. I'm not sure whether I've shared it in, in this series, but I was speaking recently about an experience, uh, an effort I made in my own life to change some habitual nervous reactions. And I wasn't able to be enough in self-control to be able to analyze my thoughts um, when the nervousness would take me over. But I could hear the sound of my voice change. I could, I could feel the tension would come into me. And as I tensed, of course, my voice box and my throat got tighter. And therefore, the voice became higher, and then you could hear in it that there was a strain to get it out, just like that. Whereas normally, one tries, I try, to be relaxed when I'm talking and just you know speak from the fullness of who I am, rather than just let it get caught up in here, and this is the only thing I can do. I'm exaggerating it, but not by much. I remember when I was, uh, I had some very small experience in meditation. It was very small, but it was new to me. And it was in my very early years in the community, and I went to Swamiji to talk about it, and I didn't understand myself what, what my own uh, feelings were. Um, so I exp- expressed to him what happened, and then he said back to me, don't be afraid. And I hadn't cognized fear as my response. Although, as I reflected on it, uh, he said, he said, don't be afraid. He said, um, you'll get used to it. Meaning that because it's new, it may seem uncertain. But after you get used to it, even if you, for example, travel to a country you've never visited or lived in before, you, one can feel just nervous about the fact that the habits are different and the people are different. You might not know the language. But after you're there for a while, it becomes natural to you and you're not so concerned and So it is as our own consciousness begins to shift. At first, it's foreign territory, and we may just be tense because we don't know what to expect, and we don't know how we're supposed to respond or what might be coming next. But we get used to it. 
and then it, it just seems natural to us at that point. So when Swami said to me, don't be afraid, I said, I'm not afraid! <laughs> just like that. And uh, as I heard the sound of my voice, I thought, hmm, that's not very convincing. <laughs> I don't think I'm convincing him, and I'm certainly not convincing myself. I'm telling him and me what my actual feelings are in regard to this. So we listen to, to people's voices, and some are tense and high-pitched. Some people have a habitual whine in their voice. Some people have a kind of uh, just uninvolved, just this sort of a voice that never actually changes very much. And even when they talk, it's like their whole face is really not involved. They just use their mouth when they talk. Nothing else is happening. I mean, people who've been hurt a lot will often just withdraw as far as they can. And they'll, they'll still deliver words to the mouth, but there's nothing behind it. It's not that nothing exists, it's that they're not able, for reasons of their own, to bring anything out. Some people are habitually loud, just loud and sort of always dominating with the sound of their voice and extra hearty all the time. What does any of this mean? And this might be you. I, I remember the hearing my voice on a recording for the first time was quite distressing to me because it just did not sound like I thought it's, it should sound. And now I am in front of a camera or wearing a microphone a great deal of my life and I don't, as a rule, review what I've done. I simply talk too much and I can't. Besides which, the way Swami Kriyananda uh, trained us to speak is to be in the moment with the flow of energy that is exactly appropriate for that moment. So if I were to constantly review what I do, I might be tempted, I'm not, but I might be, tempted to, to do what I call teach from memory, which is to just remember how it went well before and here I am again. Yes, you do hear me say the same stories because you know I only have so much of a life to, to draw from. But it's because it also fits in the moment, not because it's the only one I know. But I do listen sometimes, partly just to keep up, to make sure that nothing strange has crept in. Or sometimes I actually become concerned that the sound of my voice, because of the way it felt to me, might not have been appropriate, and I like to listen especially and above all to the sound of the voice. Now, we can only manipulate the sound of the voice to a certain extent, because it is uniquely our consciousness. So what we're, we're not trying to, although it's helpful to know how to speak properly, to articulate and have the speed proper and, you know, the inflections and the intonations, there's a great deal that we can learn about communicating effectively. But it, we can't actually change the fundamental consciousness of our voice without changing our fundamental consciousness. But sometimes, of course, conscientious effort this is, this is where um, transformation takes place in a, an interesting way, which is sometimes we, we assume external attitudes and practices and affirmations and ways of doing things as a way, as a way to discipline our wrong inclinations or to affirm or develop our right inclinations because doing things properly also, also puts us in tune with doing them properly. So it's not really um, insincere, it's simply a method to attaining it. And even 
the commitment to put out the energy to try to change is a change of consciousness because it's a recognition that what is is not as, as elevated as what could be. So we have the confidence that we can work now <clears throat> to develop something that is more to our liking. And then Swami gives us just these wonderful suggestions here about how to change our voice by changing our attitudes. The voice becomes sweeter when we, we think kindly thoughts and act with kindness. I mean, just imagine for a moment if, you're, if you have a frightened child in front of you, um, you know, then the child doesn't quite know what to do. Well, you know, what you need to extend to that child is kindness. And when you're speaking to a child, or if you're not inclined toward people, imagine you're dealing with a frightened kitten. You're dealing with a frightened kitten. In fact, it's almost better to think about a kitten. Because if a kitten is frightened, you don't say, you know, pull up your socks, cat, and face into it. You know, it'd just be ridiculous. You, you, you try to win the, the cat with kindness. And people will automatically sweeten their voices. There, there, little thing, don't be afraid. There's nothing for you to fear. Here, let me take you. I'll take you home. I'll feed you. I'll shelter you. I mean, because we automatically know that, that that sound will express what we're trying to express, and it works the other way. Think about being kind, and your voice will automatically sound that way. And then he says, brighten your voice with interest. Isn't that an interesting way to think about it? I was um, speaking a few moments ago about sometimes the dull way, the sort of monotonic way that people will talk, putting out very little energy. You don't feel when someone's talking to you like this that they're very interested in what you're saying. But if you're interested in something, you say... Show me what that's about. What does that word mean? I've never heard that word before. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Don't go so fast. I want to hear more details about it. You know, you see how bright the voice gets? Because I'm involved. I want to know what's going on as opposed to, yeah, and then what did you do? Uh Uh-huh. You see? If you're genuinely interested, or at least are trying to learn to be interested, And you can be interested entirely because it interests the person you're talking to. When a child comes to tell his mother every little thing he did, and so then I said to Johnny, and then Johnny said to me, and then after Johnny said that to me, then Brian said to Johnny, and then Johnny said to Brian, you're not actually interested in the whole conversation, but you're extremely interested in your child. So you put out the energy because that's who you want to be. And when you put out the energy with that thought in mind, your voice will change to match it. Brighten it with interest. And then he says, soften it by heartfelt respect. That's really a wonderful one to meditate on. Heartfelt respect. Not just mind-born. Not just, oh, I ought to respect you because you're my boss. But heartfelt respect, that I genuinely respect you. You've worked hard to get into the position you're in. You have many fine qualities that I would like to emulate. I deeply appreciate, you know, the way you've built this company and the way you treat your employees, or even if you're not treating your employees very well, I respect you for working as hard as you've worked. Heartfelt respect softens it, because now you're on the same side. When you respect someone, you have an alliance with them. It unites your spirit with theirs. 
And then he says, warm it, warm your voice with consideration for the needs of others. All beautiful ideas and well worth meditating on. So Swami says, listen to the subtle undertones in your voice. Ask yourself why people's voices express so much variety. The mechanism of speech never changes. One might expect its tones to be as alike as trumpets. Yet each voice has intonations that are uniquely its own. An American once at the airport in Patna, India, recognized me solely by my voice. He hadn't seen me for 15 years when I'd been a teenager in high school. He had no idea I was even in India. Listen, therefore, to your own voice. Try to expunge from it any qualities you don't like. Sweeten it with kindness. Brighten it with interest. Soften it with heartfelt respect for others. Warm it with consideration for their needs. Joy to you, my friends. Our work is made possible by inspired listeners. So if you feel to support Asha, you can make a one-time donation or for unique members-only content, subscribe through Patreon. Blessings and thank you.